Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from uh, two places. We'll be reading first uh, from Romans 5, 1 through 8, and then on Matthew 9, verses 9, uh, 35 uh, through 10, 8. And um, you can follow along. Um, it's on page 6 in your bulletins. Beginning with Romans. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we are still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And now from Matthew. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord to send out laborers into his harvest." Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You have received with, you received without payment, give without payment. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. 
So uh, the story in tomorrow, as we all, many of us know, is Juneteenth. It has um, been a national holiday now for two years. It became a national holiday in, uh, in 2021. And it is a fascinating story of freedom. That story begins, of course, with the Emancipation Proclamation. It was signed by President Lincoln in New Year's Day of 1863. That message didn't get to everyone immediately. In fact, for a group of people in, on the coast of Texas near Galveston, it took two and a half years to get there. There, of course, are reasons for this. Of course, back then, they didn't have the internet, and the postal service was not that fast. And then there was that whole little thing of the Civil War that made it even more difficult to get a message out that enslaved African Americans were now free. Now I want to, for you to imagine for a moment what it might felt like to have been enslaved on the Texas coast in Texas 1865. This is how you were born. You were born enslaved. You were not free. You were treated as less than human. Your sense of personhood, well, that doesn't really exist for you because you were nothing really more than considered property. And then a Union soldier comes to your plantation and he tells you that, of course, the Civil War that you are, are somewhat aware of is now over. And, but then he reads this message. This message was now, again, two and a half years old. And the message is that you are free. And he says the, some of these words, which are found in the proclamation. Whereas on the 22nd day of September, in the year of our Lord, 1862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States, containing, among other things, the following, to wit, that on the first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state designated or designated part of the state, the people whereof shall be in, shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward and forever, free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons, and will do no act or act to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts that they make for their actual freedom. That the executive will, on the first day of January aforesaid, by proclamation, designate states and parts of states, if any, in which the people thereof, respectively, shall be in rebellion against the United States, or the people thereof, shall be on that day in good faith, represented in Congress of the, represented in the Congress of the United States by members chosen thereunto at elections, wherein a majority of the qualified voters of such state shall have participated, participated shall in absence of strong countervailing testimony be deemed conclusive evidence that such state and the people thereof and are not then in rebellion against the United States. So you hear all of that. And you're wondering if you're hearing things correctly. You don't get all the words, but 
you do get this and you wonder, did this man really say that you're free? And that sounds unbelievable at first. This man must have been saying some kind of cruel joke. But it dawns on you that this is the real deal. You're no longer property. You are a free person. The cruel yoke of slavery has been broken. And you now start to hear and see whoops of joy and people hugging. Freedom was no longer a theory. It was no longer a distant hope. It was real. It had finally come to you. Juneteenth is a holiday that is quintessentially American and that it centers on the concept of freedom. And just like July 4th, it speaks to the fact of how important freedom is to us as a nation. Now, of course, America hasn't always practiced what we preach, but even when we fall short, freedom has always been the goal. In Paul's letter to the Romans, which we read this morning, he's writing and telling his audience that we are made righteous through Jesus Christ. We don't live under the burden of sin. We don't have to try to do something to please God. We are made righteous through Jesus Christ. We are made free through the work of Jesus in his life and death and resurrection. Paul reminds his reading, readers that even if they are going through tough times, they can boast in their sufferings not to make light of the sufferings, not to ignore the sufferings, but to know that even in our sufferings, there is freedom and there is hope. As Christians, we have to remember and we need to remember every day that we are loved by God and that we are made free and that we are justified through Jesus Christ. Last week in my sermon, I shared the last verse of this text because it all really does boil down to love. God's love for us even when we mess up. It is in our baptism and when we come forward every Sunday for communion that we are reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We are reminded in those events that we are free, that we are righteous through Jesus. When Jesus gathers his disciples in Matthew, and he looks at that crowd, he has compassion for them. He sees them, he loves them, and he sees how they are in bondage. In bondage, in some cases spiritually, but also in many ways physically. And then he sends his disciples out to preach and to be the good news, both in what they are saying what we probably would say evangelism, but also in need, in acts and works of charity and justice. If we know that we are loved, that can do something. For Jesus, he wanted to spread this good news of love and of freedom. And if we know that we are loved and free, we don't want to keep that to ourselves. We want to share that with others. 
The freedom and love that is discussed in the text today, I think, should be related to what is the story of Juneteenth. If we know that we are loved by God, if we know that we are made free through Jesus Christ, then in gratitude and thankfulness, we want to work for the freedom and justice of others. We give thanks for that freedom that was made known by Jesus on the cross, and in turn, we work to care for those who are dealing and entrapped in their own in oppression, and, unjust, and we work for things such as justice for those who are dealing with various poverty or for LGBTQ persons and more. In 1944, at the age of 15, Martin Luther King Jr. won an oratory concert contest. He was sponsored by the Black Elks. He wrote this kind of mixing recent history, current events, and his faith, and also his constitutional values. And he gave this speech and it's interesting reading it because it's a hint of what he was going to be saying in years to come. He says this message that really is just kind of brimming with hope. And he ends his speech like this. And this is what he says. The spirit of Lincoln still lives. The spirit born of the teachings of the Nazarene who promised mercy to the merciful, who lifted the lowly, strengthened the weak, ate with the publicans, and made the captives free. In light of this divine example, the doctrines of the demagogues shiver in their chaff. Already closer understanding links Saxon and freedman in mutual sympathy. America experiences a new birth of spirit of freedom in her sons and daughters. She incarnates the spirit of her martyred chief. Their loyalty is repledged, their devotion renewed to the work he left unfinished. My heart throbs anew in hope that inspired by the example of Lincoln, imbued with the spirit of Christ, they will pass down the last barrier to perfect freedom. And I with my brother of the blackest hue, possessing at last my rightful heritage and holding my head erect, may stand beside the Saxon, a Negro, and yet a man. Now think about that, the context of that speech for a moment. Martin Luther King was living as he did, because he was from there, in the American South, where African Americans couldn't vote. Many African Americans were taking part in fighting the Axis powers in World War II, and they did so in segregated troops. There is even a story, as I was reading about this a few months ago, of a bus ride to the event where he and his teachers basically, of course, had to give up his seat to their seats to white passengers. And yet, in all of this, the young king didn't wish to conquer his white neighbors. He didn't languish in despair. He believed in hope. 
He believed in freedom rooted in the Nazarene, in Jesus Christ. That is what hope is. That is what freedom is. That is what love is. The Apostle Paul says, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. In God, there is peace and freedom. That is something we have to hold on to, especially in these days when it may be hard to have a sense of hope or even a sense that we are loved. But let us also not keep that message to ourselves. Let us live it out. Let us tell the good news of freedom in Christ in our words and in our deeds. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.